Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Hello there and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast with you every Friday morning with your favourite podcasting app or Friday evenings, of course, on RTE Radio. Our show this week, kindly sponsored by Viper, a leading provider of IT security solutions to protect business solution providers and home users. You'll find them at viper.com. That's V-I-P-R-E.com. My name is Dusty Rhodes. You're very welcome to show number 897 and I'm joined as always uh, by our Editor-in-Chief, Niall Kitson. We're going to be having a look at the Google Trends uh, for the year in just a moment. But first, I mean, we've, we've had AWS, Amazon went down mm-hmm. and went back up yep. again quite quickly. Um, and as soon as I saw that story, I went, ha ha, what if my business is relying on Dropbox and it ain't there for three hours? Yeah, and we're not, we're, you know, we're just going to say Dropbox just to pluck a company well, out of the Well, that's it, because you, you always what? give out about me being paranoid, wanting stuff locally yeah. and then wanting a backup locally and then wanting a remote backup mm. and all this kind of stuff. Uh, all I can say to you now is, ha told you. Yeah, well, this is something that did come up all right in our discussions uh, this year. You should have, what, a rule of three backups. Mm. It's like uh, a cloud one an on-site physical one and an off-site physical one. And occasionally people are using different media as well. So they'll use cloud, they'll use their SSD drive, uh, but they might also still use tape. There are Mm. some people out there who still use tape, uh, which is kind of interesting as well. But it does give one pause, right? There's a couple of things here. Look at the kind of services that were affected and look at the kind of uproar that has happened. Because usually when a service goes down, people are like, oh, right, okay, we had to wait an hour for something. You know, our continuity plan kicked in. That's Mm -hmm. fine. Um, It's not pleasant, but I mean, you can be prepared for it. This time around, because it's AWS, basically everything that we use uh, is (laughs) sort of... uh, Netflix and everything is on AWS. Well, that's it. When Netflix goes down, (laughs) <laughs> what sort of cultural uproar is yeah. there because people can't watch Squid Game? Uh, I think it's a, it's a very, like when Facebook went down, even I don't think there was the same level of concern because a lot of people these days can take or leave Facebook. They really, they don't trust the brand so much. It's like, eh, Facebook is down, we'll, we'll be back. Mm. Um, however, when it's a swathe of brands like, like um, uh, the uh, Amazon smart assistance stuff, all the uh, Alexa stuff had problems. Um, uh, Netflix, of course, had problems. When you get into these sort of day-to-day things, that is kind of hard because there's multiples of them Mm. together in one place. I mean, you you had some of the uh, Nest stuff um, and the smart home stuff go offline mm-hmm. as well, like smart cameras, so you wouldn't be able to have a look over your app to see what, see what's going on. So when you have a cluster of services go down, that's interesting. Because when you have one service go down, mm. you can sort of grumble and you can talk about business continuity and, and that's fine. Uh, on the assumption that things will get back up very quickly. It's when you have a cluster of products together Mm. go down. That's when you have a really interesting situation. I think the most important lesson to learn from this is that AWS are like incredibly good at what they do. And they Mm. back up and they've got backups and backups and all that kind of stuff. All right. Mm. Bad stuff happens to them as well. 
So if bad stuff can happen to AWS, it can happen to you and I, and it just shows, you know, you can't be too careful. So that, that, that was yeah. the one thing I learned from that. The other, of course, big story of the, the week was nothing to do with tech. Uh, it was Storm Barra. Did you, did you manage to keep your hair on? I, I managed to keep my hair on, <laughs> what little of it there is left. Uh, but, we uh, did all right. It, it, it was a really, really interesting example of uh, uh, the storm during the week of what quantum computing can do. Yeah, because it's something we talked about earlier in the year was mapping climate change and particularly one project that looked at the effect of the pandemic on emissions because all of a sudden you had a year where people weren't using their cars, for example. And I guess we're up to nearly two years of people either using their cars not as much or for a period of time not at all. And using that as a a basis, how do we start comparing that to uh, when people are using their cars properly? What was the actual difference in impact? Good questions to ask. Um, so uh, there's also, a, a, if you're interested in tracking storms, uh, there is a project that was being done that iCheck was involved in. I'll give you the um, URL now. It's view, V-I-E-W dot umatsat. That's E-U-M-E-T-S-A-T mm-hmm. dot I-N-T. Okay, so and that's um, that gives that's, you. that's 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 kind of EU for Europe, Met for meteorological and sat yeah. for satellite. So EU Met exactly, Sat yeah. dot INT, okay? Yeah. And this is basically a satellite view of Europe with an overlay showing the progress of Storm Barra. Uh, and it is absolutely fascinating to to watch how it how it swept through uh the British Isles, but, uh, you know, the continent. Uh, it's interesting, actually, because it's a little bit more of an overview and I thought it looked a little bit better than the Met Aaron one because the Met Aaron one really kind of ju- it just is analysing Ireland more than anything mm. else. But when you see kind of, as you say, that amount of data being generated live on the go, uh, the, the other one that, that that fascinates me to do with weather is that there's a, a, a lightning strike website and it will show you in real time uh, where lightning strikes are. And I'm kind of like, yeah, mm. ah, come on, what have they got? Sensors all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how to do it, but when you're looking at massive data like that, it is it is quite incredible. Uh, finally, the big story this week, of course, is Google have been uh, telling us what we've all been searching for overall. What have we got in the uh, top three? Yeah, we've all, we've always got um, a very interesting. Um, ta- we're coming into table end of year stuff, so we get to look back and go, oh, YouTube Rewind, here's all these people I've never heard of being streamed. <laughs> millions and millions of people watching them, and I'm totally yeah. not in the club. Um, so the Google one is quite interesting, seeing as culturally we're into year two, and it's a pretty good, pretty good, um, uh, how would you say, magnifying glass on what the world was. Because, okay, can, I, can uh, I take a guess? Here we go. I'll take a guess. Coronavirus, number one. Uh, oh, number one, you say, on the overall searches. You are incorrect, sir. Uh-uh. Uh, where is you coronavirus then? Coronavirus is number three. Ah, followed by? Followed by Seesaw. I have no idea what that is. Are, are people just interested in <laughs> hey, seesaws these you, days? You should Google it. Oh, God, I should. I should find out what I'm missing. Um, Christian Eriksen, fair enough. Uh, an mm. awful lot of soccer mm. up there, really. Uh, one and two, European Football Championship and Premier League. Uh, one and two, respectively. Okay. <laughs> Number six is the Champions League. Uh, and then things sort of um, split off a little bit. Mm. As I said, coronavirus, number three. Uh, Zoom is number seven. Mm. 
So people are going, where do I get Zoom? Mm. <laughs> I think Zoom into Google. That's uh, that's good. But that's kind of the overall thing. It gets quite interesting with Google when you get into the what is and the how to kind of questions. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, the number one was how to register for the COVID-19 vaccine. Brilliant. Fairly, okay. Yep, straightforward. Yeah. But the number two question, <laughs> if you think that's the most important how to, what is it number two? How to make iced coffee. Ta-da! There you go. And that's you know that's what what's important in the world. Was. Super weird thing. Two weeks ago, I was in a cafe, right? Yeah. Uh, and it was just a little stand-up one. There was no seating. So it's mm. basically you go in, you buy your thing and you go. And uh, I was there ordering a nice hot Americano to offset the effects of the absolute mm-hmm. Baltic conditions. And uh, a woman came in just after me and asked for an iced coffee at the till. And you're like, why? Why what? would you do that? <laughs> do you do realise it's December in Ireland, all right? so, which is in the, the northwestern corner of Europe, next stop Iceland, Santa yeah. Claus, etc. Oh, yeah, somebody developed a taste for it during the summer and they can't They can't quit it, Dusty. Goodness can't goodness quit goodness. it. I thought it was interesting that uh, at number 10 in the top 10 of how to was how to buy Bitcoin. I thought it would have gone a, a bit higher. Um, finally, to just to round this off, the, the what is, what attracted your attention on the what is questions on Google. What is questions? Well, a couple a couple of fairly, I don't want to say standard ones, mm. but what is Article 16, which mm. we're in the midst of, of dealing with at the moment up north, which is the, the Northern Ireland Protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is what is COP26, which is fine. It's the climate conference that happened in Glasgow, wasn't it? Um, and then number three, we're getting into COVID-related stuff, which is what is a close contact. And mm. what counts as a close contact mm. is super important because this is close contact. Somebody you, you know, hugged and, and walked away from, mm. share, share house with it's it's you know it's very important that that we have clarity on it so that makes sense and uh, number three uh, number five back in power and not islamic state what is the taliban mm. uh, i remember when the taliban took control initially in afghanistan and um the extent to which they were such an unknown quantity so to to have them back up a new generation of, of googlers if you will new generation of people wanting to be informed by uh, about the world mm. that's that's quite interesting uh number seven do you see number seven? Uh, yeah, what is Skig Squid Game about? Thank you for skipping number six. What is a blowhole? Uh, my teenage self will <laughs> laugh about that later. Uh, number eight <laughs> is actually the one that I was most happy with. Oh, what is Ramadan? And, and, and why did that make you happy? Because the whole world is about, people are afraid of other cultures. And this is why wars are called, well, one of the reasons why wars are caused and why people are afraid of strangers and stuff like that, because we don't know. All right. And Ramadan would not be a huge thing within Ireland because it's not really part of our culture. But it's great to see that people are trying to find out about it and what they do and why they stay off food and drink and and all that kind of stuff. So... I thought it was good. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think uh, accepting multiculturalism is an example that a society is growing up. Yes. Uh, and I'm all, I'm always heartened to see examples of Ireland growing up. Yes, and I think we very much are. Listen, on that note, let's leave it for that for this week uh, with the news. Niall Kitson, thank you. Remember, of course, we keep you up to date on everything that is happening in the world with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more. You can grab that at our website, techcentral.ie. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie Well, it looks like we're into another period of being advised to work from home wherever possible, but how does this affect a company's culture? What are we really missing out on? Are we missing out on the serendipity of casual meetings and the water cooler talk or... 
is it still business as usual? And what impact does it have where some parts of a company are working under different pandemic restrictions from another? Sam Main is Senior Partner Account Manager at Viper, and he spoke to Niall Kitson about the challenges that his company is facing working across countries in a time of ongoing crisis. So we're more than a year and a half, almost two years into a lockdown or or the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic, and we've all had we've all been in and out of lockdown. We've all changed our working practices on more than one occasion. Um, what has your experience been like today? Because you weren't entirely office based to begin with. No, that's right. I um, I've actually been. Um, a remote worker for for several years now so um you know come come the day of the first lockdown back in uh, march um last year um it was kind of uh, no change at all <laughs> for me personally uh just in terms of my working practices obviously i saw all of my colleagues um go home uh, uh and be working remotely as well which was a bit of a change there so um I had always, though, um, gone to the office regularly um, to, to keep in touch, to have meetings, and I found that very valuable um, professionally, but also personally as well. You know, the, the, the relationships with my colleagues and, and frankly, me, my own sanity. Really, it can go a bit, as anyone would know, through lockdown, go a bit stir crazy if you're if you're on your own for too much. So. I wasn't able to do that, that, that regular popping into the office. Um, so that, that was a bit of a struggle. Um, but, but thankfully, um, since, since really the summer, um, I've been able to do that a bit more often, which, uh, which has really helped. I think it's super important for our audience to to realize that, uh, of course, being based in the UK, your experience is quite different to what we're dealing with in Ireland at the moment, where we've been in and out of lockdowns and we're currently in the middle of a, a COVID wave, uh, which uh, on the back of which a directive was issued by the government to sort of return to home working where possible. But of course, that's not been the case in the UK, where I, th- I think it was July really when Freedom Day was declared, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely, July. Uh, and since then, I mean, I think it feels broadly that, that, that a lot has got closer to normal. Um, um, certainly lots of our customers and partners we're seeing, um, you know, that they are back in the office. Um, they're, they're, um, they're, if, if they're in hospitality, they're, you know, they're, they're open their sites again. They're, they're seeing um, a bit more custom. Um, but we have lots of customers and partners uh, in Ireland as well. And um, actually on both sides, it's been quite interesting. Some some customers, you know, hesitant about, about going back to the office for a variety of reasons. Um, so I think the, the, the timing has been different and things have been a bit freer in the UK, but there's still quite a bit of, of caution around. Um, so it's, it's been interesting to really just talk to customers on, on both sides, uh, in, in different industries as well. And, um, just hear about, um, what they've been able to get back to doing. And, and, um, there is still some hesitation out there, I feel. 
And that level of hesitation, I think it's probably actually increasing rather than decreasing because um, we had this sort of initial surge of, I, I guess, for want of a better term, enthusiasm for digital transformation and for getting people at, at home. And there was that sort of novelty value and this belief that, you know, everybody is going to be working uh, using a hybrid manner from henceforth. But that that sort of initial enthusiasm seemed to have waned somewhat in Ireland. How have you found that in the UK now that people have gone back? Is it very much a case of, oh, okay, right, we're settling back in the office as you were? Or is it a case of, well, look, we, we had this experience. Let's just keep it going. Yeah, I think um, what's what I find striking is 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 at the, the start of this process, uh, you know, clearly many people that there was a novelty to, to working remotely, and um, uh, you know, it's quite nice not having to commute um, and and all the, those type of things. But what I also found striking was quite how keen many many colleagues uh, and customers were to get back to the office um, because it's really you know you you get to collaborate you get to hear what's going on um, you know you might pick up on a, a conversation between a couple of uh, colleagues uh, and and learn a bit about another area of the business and I just think that kind of exposure um, really. Um, really helps in terms of, of many many job roles. So, but that, it's not the case for everybody. Um, you know, we've we've still got people um, working um, remotely the majority of the time. Some are in the office the majority. Um, others, you know, it's it's kind of fifty fifty. So, I think occasionally it's it's by job role. Um, I think some of the the more technical job roles where there's less sort of um, colleague interaction and, and more focus on, on on the technical work you're doing. Um, you, you might feel that actually um, that's 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 done just as well remotely. Um, some of the other job roles um, where there's a lot more uh, planning and, and collaboration certainly. Um, those are the those are the colleagues that I think have have been much more back to the office. So it's a mixed picture for for us, and and I'm certainly talking to my customers and partners. I think they're probably uh, seeing that too. I'm not sure we've quite found the perfect equilibrium yet. Uh, one of the things about Viper is that, you know, we're talking about the UK and the Irish market, but of course it has offices everywhere. Uh, in particular, I'm thinking of your Danish presence. So how has that relationship worked? Because again, it's another regime, it's another approach to how COVID is being uh, dealt with. And of course, being as part of the uh, EU mainland, uh, the European mainland, that, that comes with um, even another layer of um, concerns as well, because Germany is going through. Uh, another record period of COVID uh, cases. So, how are you finding that relationship with Denmark has evolved? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, so, we've we've been an international business um, for for many years since prior to to COVID, and um, worked closely uh, with our Danish office since that time as well. So, um, in in a way, that prepared us quite well for the pandemic because we were already using. Um, many cloud services and technologies to, to to help us communicate as a as an international business. So, um, you know, cloud based email, um, uh, video products like Zoom, for instance, and and and, and all of that stuff. So, um, you know, that that put us in good stead, and 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 certainly having that from day one, you know, that's helped us um, to to carry on 
as we always have. What's been quite interesting is we'd always have colleagues traveling back and forth um, from from Denmark. Um, that obviously clearly stopped for a long time. That has started up again now. Um, in Denmark, I think they do have stricter travel rules than we do here. It, it I believe, has to be for business. So uh, there's, there's quite a bit more... Um, regulation to go through and i know my colleagues that have been over recently there's quite a lot of work to do to to get into the country in terms of tests and passports and, and having all the paperwork so that's added to you know the complexity of, of what, what once used to be a very simple hop on a plane and and, and pop over to that office um, obviously they are in the, the mainland as well and and potentially have freer movement um, we're seeing case rises as you say, in Germany, uh, Denmark, I think, are facing the prospect of a, of a snap lockdown at the time of recording. So um, we're really, you know, having to hold on to the, those kind of remote working capabilities um, because, you know, you never know when we're all going to need them next. It, it seems to be that it could be at any moment. So let's look at the the experience with your customers and partners that you've alluded to there. Of course, Viper is a security company, so you're dealing with a very specific set of problems. Uh, I suppose top of the list um, is is the the eternal problem of the main sort of uh, issue in security being the problem between the table and the and the monitor, if 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 you will. Um, so. How has attitudes or how have attitudes towards security changed uh, during the pandemic? Is there sort of a, uh, a greater earnestness on the part of management to get the information out, to get people more aware of how they're using their uh, IT equipment? Or is it very much a case of, you know, this will blow over, we'll be back in the office and then, you know, things will continue as it was, that there will only be this very narrow window uh, during which uh, we'll, be we'll be more vulnerable to cyber attack. Yeah, I mean, certainly at the start of the pandemic, I think it was clear there was a big focus on enabling people to remote uh, to, to work remotely and, and get that done quickly. And, and during that rush, um, security wasn't necessarily at the forefront of everyone's mind. Um, so, you know, laptops being rushed out to people, but potentially users, you know, being being a local administrator or people giving given that VPN access to the entire network when all they really needed was access to one application. So I think at the start, there was this big rush to just enable people to work remotely. Um, and since then, lots of businesses have turned their attention to securing this situation. And I think um, given that it, it, it's not you know, it's still going on, as we can see from from the case numbers and what's going on in the in Ireland and UK and uh, on the continent. Um, if you haven't already begun to thought about securing this way of working, I think it's really wise to do so because we we really don't know when we're going to get back to what we used to call normal. Um, but the question of you know the problem, you know, a big aspect of of, of security being the end user the workforce. And there's been this notion of kind of the human firewall for a few years now. Um, the idea that, you know, because users are really, um, really crucial to all organizations, they've got access to your your customers and your databases and your your information and, and data. And, and they're communicating every day by email and, and, and phone and SMS and so on. And they're regularly um, targeted by sophisticated cyber attacks. So, There'd been this notion for a while that, that that training people 
w- w- to be aware um, and how to react to certain risks and threats was was a good idea. But I think the pandemic's actually made it more um, real for a lot of people because when you're in a formal office environment, if you receive an email that could potentially be phishing, um, it's very easy to lean across to a colleague, ask them what they think. Does this does this look right to you? Um, or if you think you might have accidentally clicked on a malicious link, it's very easy to, to to grab a colleague or potentially a member of the IT team in the building and and, and ask them. At working remotely and and from home, I think people are potentially more isolated. Uh, they haven't got that that peer support. So I think um, the idea of, of, of training um, users to, to be aware, um, how to spot things like phishing, but also how to react um, is a lot more real. And, and I think um, a lot of companies have, have, have sort of realized that um, now is a particularly good time to do it because it, with people working at home, um, they are on the front line, um, but also potentially isolated. So we need to give them as much training and support as we can. So you kind of believe then that the uh, we're at, we're still at the stage of rewriting the the rule book of uh, remote working. Well, um, yes, I suppose we're all having to to react to whatever um, situation the government puts before us, um, and. Um, it you know we start to go back to the office and then we're told we 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 um we should stay at home if we can and uh there's a lot of um uh, discretion we're having to use and i guess uh, many businesses are having to kind of feel their way through this as best they can um and you know I'm not sure we necessarily have a rule book yet but i think it's becoming more and more clear that there are some very very helpful things that you can do uh given that there is no immediate end to this in sight for, you know, for the foreseeable future, you know, there are some very useful things you that, that you can do. I think lots of people have adopted cloud email, um, cloud endpoint. Uh, lots of people have, have, have adopted kind of VPNs and, 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 and secure tools like that. And um, I think, you know, before security awareness was a big area uh, and user awareness training. And, and now I think it's been seen as something that's quite relevant to, you know, the way that we're working in, in the pandemic as well, because people moving around so much, um, it's also not as easy to perform training like it once was in terms of getting people into a room in a building and delivering training. So, you know, uh, web-based training is, is um, particularly useful in that aspect as well. So, I think these things are presenting themselves to us as we go along and, you know, people are realizing actually that's, that's really quite valuable because I can't have more people in the building. So do you think once, you know, that one imagines the situation will come to a, an end and businesses look towards doing a, a post-mortem of how they reacted to, uh, to the pandemic, to repeated lockdowns, to sort of surges and, and dips in infection rates, Will we have a completely different understanding of what it means uh, to keep users aware of uh, security? Or will things sort of move back to, okay, we'll give you a very basic understanding of what's required. And if you've any trouble, just can't just, you know, contact IT uh, if and when you think it's uh, it's necessary. 
I think it's I think it's definitely the former because I think the other um, context to be aware of here is that cyber attacks are becoming far more sophisticated. So um, even if if the the sophistication of cyber attacks stood still, and we could all go back. Um, you know, you know. I think it, we we we're probably not going to be able to go back to the office um, tomorrow, or, or indeed the next few months. So these tools are useful because um, they they support us in this this kind of hybrid remote working situation. Um, but coupled with that, so type cyber attacks are getting more sophisticated and and targeting the workforce and the end user. And um, it's 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 clear that uh, a, a really um, valuable way of combating that is to train people and and they can actually, you know, the workforce can become a, an IT security asset and they can be your first line of defense. So um, I think it's, it's here to stay. I think, um, you know, when we, we do the post-mortem, um, I think many businesses will see the value there and and hopefully we'll retain it um and let's not forget we need to be prepared for whatever's around the corner i mean it's it's sad to to read in the news that um there's potential clear potential for future pandemics so i think we need to build in a, a sense of um readiness and preparedness for whatever is around the corner as well And that was Sam Main, Senior Partner Account Manager at Viper, chatting with Niall Kitts. You can find out more about Viper at viper.com. That's V-I-P-R-E dot com. That's it for our show this week. Remember, you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at our website techcentral.ie or listen to us each week online or Fridays with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes and Niall Kitson, thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.